May the fourth be with you, and welcome to an all-new episode of Press YYZ. We're the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Starting on time for once, because that Nathan guy ain't here holding us back. Oh, no, as well he as ain't. On Oh, no, he ain't. As well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. My name is AJ Fraser, and today I am joined by Alexander Kozina. Glad to be here, AJ. I had some $5 gnocchi for lunch today. It was great because I found this one restaurant uh, near where I work that only sells uh, $5 gnocchi with some Parmesan cheese on top. They sell it out of a window uh, in those little like Chinese takeout uh, box container things. It was great. Amazing. And also joining us is you, the listener. Surprise, it's just us. Just us, me yeah. and Cozy. The the two surviving Alexanders of this podcast who have it not is. been bitten by snakes. Yep. It's not, uh, for the record, this will not be a one-on-one episode, though. Oh, no. We are going to some very weird, very unusual oh, places. So you have told up. You have told me this, and you said, do you want to host? And I said, yes. And you are going to take the reins when things get nuts. So that will be exciting. Uh, Before we get started, though, uh, a reminder, as always, that we here at Press YYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there is no better way to support us than by being excellent to each other. A little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Cozy, you are going to be playing Pokemon Emerald tomorrow on your Twitch channel. What's what's going on there? Yeah. So last week on Press YZ, I talked about how I wanted to get back into the video game streaming game after doing season three of Coast Bears Cooking. Uh, I said at the time that I was planning on doing a, a Nuzlocke run of Pokemon Emerald. Uh, that has not changed. Uh, what has changed uh, ever so slightly is the exact version of Pokemon Emerald I'm going to be playing. Um, famously, most uh, games from the Game Boy Advance generation are like pretty good in terms of their quality of life offerings. Like the whole kind of pitch for that generation of handheld Nintendo games is that, hey, it's like the Super Nintendo, but a little bit more quality of life if I'd. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, they are still a little bit dated in some ways. And so I was quite delighted uh, when uh, about a week and a half ago on Twitter, uh, I came across uh, at Jaizu Fan Gaming, who is a kind of uh, ROM hacker dude uh, who just released the beta for what he is calling Pokemon Emerald Cross, which is basically a uh, quality of life fan game of Pokemon Emerald that does not uh, tremendously change up the core experience of what Emerald has to offer. But adds in a lot of cool little kind of quality of life touches and changes here and there, like indicating what natures uh, increase what uh, stats on the Pokemon that you have, uh, allowing you to kind of use different kinds of music that normally is not available in Emerald uh, when surfing or using uh, different types of mini games when doing things like fishing, for example, borrowing stuff from Fire Red and Leaf Green, which were also available on the Game Boy Advance at the same time, uh, as well as making it very easy to perform a Nuzlocke run in the game by making it so that uh, when your Pokemon should perish, uh, they will automatically be deleted from the game. You don't have to go to a PC box Ooh. and kind of stash them away there that, or delete them from existence manually. That sounds helpful. And and like it, where it just happens, right? Like the, the story of a Nuzlocke is that your Pokemon is like dead when when it faints instead, right? right? And so it's like 
just getting it out of the way and and like having it like not having to then go through the motions or even the temptation to cheat it you just play it and it just goes that sounds that sounds yeah. rad and apparently this guy is planning on adding some cool stuff uh, in the future to Emerald Cross, including the ability to uh, see your Pokemon follow you around, which, of course, is a much beloved feature in games like Let's Go Pikachu or HeartGold and SoulSilver. Um, mm -hmm. So that's going to be pretty fun. Don't think that particular feature will feature uh, in the uh, beginning of my run that I'm going to be doing tomorrow, uh, but eventually at some point in the future. So tomorrow, 8 p.m. EST, twitch.tv slash CozyBearLive, K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R-L-I-V-E. -E. Go and check it out. Awesome sauce. All right. Um, yeah, so I think that's it for housekeeping. Um, but uh, we have some business to take care of. We need to discuss... Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. So... Are you ready? Yes, I am. I am, AJ. Okay. Go uh, for it. I, I want to just start off by asking you something real simple. Did you play this game? Mm -hmm. I put in a good hour today, and I think I know exactly what that game is. Okay. I... I really wanted to like this game. Let me tell okay. you. Okay. I went into this game being, okay, this is a goofy game in which you play as a turnip that commits tax evasion. This is going to mm -hmm. be a fun, silly, goofy time, but it will be some easy trophies slash achievements, in this case achievements, which because it is. I played it on Xbox Game Pass. Which so far it is very easy ones of those. I started playing it and I'm like, hmm, this feels an awful lot like a Rattalika game. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not familiar with the wonderful publisher that is Radalika, uh, Radalika is basically a group of development studios that all produce games that basically allow you to just inhale trophies at a rapid pace. Uh, back during the kind of waning years of the Vita, they released uh, a lot of games uh, across both the Vita and PlayStation 4 that allowed you to do so, and across multiple different territories as well. So you could get, oh, it's Milo's Quest, where he plays like a dog in a Zelda-like adventure uh, on the Vita. Then you could get uh, it on the PS4 in North America. Then you can get it on the PS4 for Europe. And then you could get it on the PS4 for Hong Kong whatever so on first hour not not even first hour first 10 minutes of the game i'm like mm, this is an awful lot like a rat like a game i was kind of hoping for something a little bit touch more high quality keep playing it a little bit more i'm like okay this game's hidden depth is revealing itself i think maybe i was a little bit unfair to kind of write it off as a like better promoted rat like a game uh, right up front Keep playing it a little bit longer. Man, I'm beginning to get a little bit confused as to where to go. This game is not communicating well what I got to do next. And also combat kind of sucks. Keep playing it a little bit more. Okay, getting a little bit more in the hang of it. I'm not going to love this game, but I'll be able to knock it out within the next, you know, couple of hours or so. This game's three hours. I can manage that. Uh, I run into my first uh, show-stopping bug. Uh, a bunch of guys are blocking oh, no. the road to go to a location that I should have access to. I'm able to ultimately get by them by just closing my game and reopening it. Problem solved, right? Yes. At first, uh, I managed to get by them. I managed to complete the second dungeon of the game, which is the Forsaken Farmhouse, I want to say. Yes. In any case, I beat it. 
I'm really happy. Uh, I turn off my Xbox uh, thinking, okay, I'm just putting uh, this game into suspend mode. You needed to uh, save and quit. I come back to it the next day and the game uh, did not go into suspend mode. Uh, it straight up just closed. So I open it up again and I'm like, well, whatever. All these games nowadays, you know, auto save. It's not that big of a deal. For whatever reason, I don't know why it completely borked my save and loaded me into this weird nightmare reality in which I had completed everything that there was to complete in the second dungeon. Uh, but I had not unlocked the ability to uh, rescue this one character, this like one shitty cherry that's hiding out somewhere within the second dungeon that I was supposed to deliver to this NPC that was supposed to deliver to me a key that would allow me to continue on my quest. And there was no way for me to progress other than to just start the game over. And so I decided right then and there, Ugh. I am done with Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. So in the, the hour or so I put into it today, I got to the same point that you did. Um, I was I did not run into any of those issues that you were having. Um, keep, keep in mind, I was also playing the cloud version on my phone oh using my my razor kishi or whatever i think that's what that is the the razor controller that attaches sideways to your phone mm. and makes it look like a switch um and it's very good for that this game is very good for that have you ever played the legend of zelda Link's awakening yeah i've heard of it i, I think i might have played it once or twice this is like they took that and made a just put it in a like the core concepts of that it's, and made it very silly like the this you, this game this game in, on a pandemic in like is a pandemic quick uh like let's take let's take a year we're we don't know how long we're gonna be busy and we're gonna make our own Zelda game and we're gonna put it you know, in this weird, stupid world or whatever about a turnip. This is a I, Zelda game. Through I, and through. I don't, don't want to like absolutely hit on this game because it's not like utterly without merit. But I feel like you're giving even that, even describing it that way, so much more merit. Like this game is like mm -hmm. this game is barely, barely Zelda. Not not in the sense of, I, of what, what it is I from a design perspective, but from just the like level I, of polish and give a shitness of it. I because I didn't run into the bugs that you ran into, I did not have an issue with the quote unquote polish. I did find some of the controls to be a little cumbersome, but specifically the uh, you start off or whatever and you know you 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 see the onion guy, he's like the mayor of the town. Yeah. And you rip up you rip up the the tax thing and then he you know, oh, you got to pay it back. So you have to go on this quest. It's literally you traveling around this overworld map and you cannot progress unless you get an item. And the first item you you get is a watering can. But the next item you get is literally a sword. Literally a sword. You're a turnip wielding this wooden sword thing. This this. What what is it? Just vines, sword yeah, vines, or whatever. You like use a watering can to grow the sword, which okay, yeah, super neat. You go through, you go into you, you go into a dungeon, 
and the dungeon is um you know laid out it's like room based it's a room based dungeon and you yeah. have to you know there are these different things you can do uh with these with like blocks there are literal bomb flowers flowers that explode if you water them twice or yeah. you can get um the spe- these special boots that you water at once and then you can kick a bomb um so you get the the dungeon structure is very much zelda because you are going from one end of the you start at one end of the dungeon you go to the other side to grab an item to to whether that be the an item or a key or something to go back to the other side of the dungeon to open a locked door and then that that gives gets you a little bit further and then you get another item or a key or something and you go back to the other side of the dungeon to to get where you need to go and then suddenly you fit, fight a boss and the like it's not like a three act boss structure but no you, you just whittle it you, down till it's dead you whittle you whittle it down till it's dead you could use your sword if you wanted um but it's advisable usually in these the these bosses both of them uh allow the use of these bomb flowers um and so you 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 do that and then when it dies in the middle of the room is a heart flower that gives you one more heart of life it's literally this is literally zelda so on on that hand like if you're looking for a zelda like it's definitely in my opinion scratches that itch i think if you need a zelda like you could go better with so many other games go and buy resistance 2 on ps3 you'll you'll enjoy it more as a zelda game okay i don't understand that reference but (laughs) what i'm saying is this Um, game i don't want to you know what i'll just say it straight up i am angry i am angry that this game led me on a wild goose chase of me thinking oh this is going to be like a fun winky at the camera kind of three hour experience this game is it is sub radalika that i didn't even say that outright at the beginning but like ultimately this game does not measure up to the beautiful men and woman that kept the vita alive during its waning years with super cheap easy platinum games i said it I am not so, backing down from that. And I don't understand I, what in God's name Nathan was thinking when he said that he thought this I game was kind of fun. I don't know if you are currently able to detach your experience from the underlying intent of the product currently. Mm-hmm. Because I had I did not have issues other than the odd network hitch because I was playing it streaming. And that is totally understandable. Um, other than the controls being a little cumbersome for for whatever reason, I was having a hard time under like trying to switch items or whatever, just, and just like mastering that, re- recognizing what I had up on the screen. Um, for me personally, um, I think this is a decent Zelda-like adventure, and it scratches that itch where it kind of where I could see it being a little grating for some people, especially people, you know, in our age group or even older, um, unlike, unlike Nathan, um, is there are a lot of, I'm not going to say pop culture references. There are a lot of modern, like internet references 
Specifically, like references, like it, it just showed up on screen not too long ago about um, the the Slay yeah, Queen ninety three, like, and she needed her streamer. She needed her tier three sub, and it was a literal like submarine sandwich that you had to give her, it, it, and it's just like. It is so halfway there, though. Like, everybody made fun of Guacamelee 1 for having all those memes and stuff. I would much <laughs> rather take Guacamelee 1 and its memes over whatever this game was going for. Sure. I, th I think there are, some of the, there are some of them in this that are fairly clever. Um, but then, you know, some of them, you know, are, are hitting the nail on the head a little bit too hard. Kind of like that one. Um, but I think overall that uh there is something here and like it's also in general just very satisfying to is kind it, of it's very it satisfying to pop Box to pop those for achievements very satisfying it. Very, it you know what maybe not to you but i think there is something here that is fun i don't know if i'm going to play any more of it not because i'm not didn't necessarily have fun with it but because there are other things currently that i would rather be playing just in general i, I will and say that's this. what i'll say the one thing the one thing in this game that i did kind of like the one thing in this game that i did think was kind of cute uh, is that there is this ongoing joke where whenever turnip boy encounters some sort of piece of paper be it a receipt or a book he always rips it up i kind of love that but it does yeah. call into question the whole nature of the plot of this game Clearly, Turnip Boy is not committing tax evasion. Turnip Boy simply doesn't understand what he's reading whenever he picks up a sheet of paper. And so he sees no other use, no other pleasure to be attained from said piece of paper other than ripping it up. The way I see it, yep. Turnip Boy is being unfairly preyed on by the Onion Dude. Absolutely. It's, he's like the Tom Nook of this game, the Onion Dude. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I, sure. In that, I guess you could argue that this game makes the subtext of Animal Crossing into plain text. Now, here's the thing. We're going back and forth on the merits of this game. I reached yep. out to Nathan McInerney twice, okay. twice in our Discord uh, to let him know that he could record a video uh, while he's mm -hmm. currently traveling abroad to rebuke my dislike of this game and explain why he liked it. That coward didn't produce a single video. He didn't even leave a single response to me. Nevertheless, Howard, nevertheless, uh, he did after first beating the game on Twitch, uh, post his thoughts onto Twitter. So I did want to cede the floor to him very quickly. Uh, I don't know what I would expect. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on a sec. I'm so overcome with rage. I can't even read tweets yep. correctly. Now, to be fair, most okay. tweets poorly written. Um, here's what Nathan had to say. I don't know what I expected would happen. I really like to turn up boy commits tax evasion. Very silly and fun again with the fun, uh, but good. So wait, hold on a sec. Very silly and fun, but good. So he's saying that it's good in spite of being fun. OK, so I think this comes from his. Hold on. The, the, before we before we try and dissect the mind of one Nathan McInerney, he did also post a video under those words. So I'm going to. Sure see what he had to say about it in the moment bring it full screen holy shnoit we research whatever's beans that lived on this planet before it's destroyed by these devices we need to dismantle them if we want to protect our future all 
have onion do it, Don. What a goddamn nuke. Well, don't hit the nuke with the shovel. I think we've learned something today. Wow. I So, so here's what okay. I'll say. That actually, knowing that you can do that in the game actually kind of brought this game up 20 points for me, but it was at zero to begin with, so it's only at 20% now. That honestly that's a good bit and like that that's like a clip it like if you're watching live like he literally walked into a room and there's a bunch of radioactive barrels uh and smacked it smacked the nuke with a hammer and it just flashes on the screen and then it's, you died uh anyway back to his tweet really quick let's dissect it a, a little bit more here um i i think what he was referring to um specifically with the the difference between like you know, silly, but fun. Right. I was listening to the next lander podcast late, uh, recently in, in the last couple of weeks and he, mm -hmm. not he, uh, and on it, um, one Vinnie Caravella talks about a parenting moment that he had with his children where he's at the point now where he has to teach them d the difference between funny and silly, you know, being funny means you're 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 funning around you're having a good time being but, silly means you're you're doing you're doing something at an inappropriate time so he's basically saying very silly and fun but good so he's saying that it is silly a little in, inappropriately silly not in terms of content but in, in structure but it's still good outside of that I think that's what he's saying. Does that make I don't sense? Know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that Nathan's own wires are getting tripped up. I think I, I, I'm going to start a baseless conspiracy theory right here on the yep. podcast. Let's I think it. that Nathan hated it as much as I did. And I know that we have an hour long stream that we could probably just go and watch right now in which we can actually see Nathan enjoy the game in real time because he streamed this game on his Twitch channel. I'm going to say baselessly news, that's fake yeah, news. I'm going to say baselessly that Nathan actually hated this game. And I think that he wrote this tweet out in such a way uh, so as to make it clear uh, that he truly did not vibe with this game. I bet that if you like, let's actually let's read it in reverse. Good, but fun and silly. Very. Okay, guys. guys think about it. I'm Just thinking. had what you thought to be the whale of a time with Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. This is like yeah. this is like uh what was that book there the apprenticeship of duddy kravitz by mordecai rickler did you ever read this book no there's a sequence in this book where basically duddy kravitz fashions himself a filmmaker he makes this film about i don't know something going down in like a like a religious ceremony or something or other. It's completely batshit insane. There's all sorts of crazy stock footage used in it, thunderstorms and lightning. Everybody immediately comes out of it, you know, utterly amazed at what they saw. Nobody really thinks through their thoughts and realizes, oh, wait, that film that Duddy Kravitz made was absolute dog shit. It was actually awful. I think that this game 
pulls off the exact same alchemical reaction in one's brain. It makes you think in the moment, oh, wow, this is truly a masterpiece. This is truly a ludic sensation in the making. And then you reflect on it. It's good, but fun and silly. And as you explained, AJ, fun and silly actually can denote negativity. Uh Uh-huh. Correct. That I is, mean, that is an interesting take. Ladies and gentlemen, we've presented the much. facts. We have presented the facts for you That's uh, to mulch on. Actually, mulch mulch is like the stuff like animal shit that they put on plants, right? Which, by the way, this game should have because this game itself is mulch. Uh, I yeah. think what I meant to say was munch. We've given you plenty of stuff to munch on, plenty of stuff to chew on and savor. I want you guys to go home and I want you to think very carefully about this game and about what Nathan thought about it. And again, there is like an hour long stream where Nathan actually played this game live and where you can see his reactions to the game live. Don't need don't need to watch that. Unnecessary. Correct. Who needs who need? Who needs to support our friend Nathan? Nobody. He's good on his own, running around the the Maritimes right now, going for 5K jogs and stuff and beautiful scenery. He doesn't need this. He's not here on the podcast. He didn't record a video defending himself. We don't need to advertise his Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the underscore NMAC. Yeah. Who we don't needs need to, to know do that? so I'll, at all. I'll, I'll bleep it out in the audio recording. Totally. Excellent. Uh, Great. Ultimately, I'd give this game like one out of five stars. What would you give it? Honestly, I think it's it's hovering somewhere. I think I need to spend more time with it. I think it's ho- hovering between a three and a four. Between in, a three a, and a four. Between a five. three and a four. Objectively. 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 Reels before feels, Cozy. Reels before feels. Objectively. Between a three and a four. Like, just because it broke for you. The first game that we played on YYZ Review, before we even called it that, was that game made by the guys that made SteamWorld Dig. The one where you're exploring the planet. You got the arm that can... The gunk. There we go. Gotta love it when the gunk directly describes what you're doing in the game because it makes it easy to remember what it's called uh the gunk that game i gave a two out of uh five stars to i thought you know i appreciated uh that developer image and form trying to make the jump to 3d i didn't think it came together perfectly like there is no universe in which this game is better than that game even though this game like you know definitely benefits from being like a 2d platformer and the kind of easier polish that comes with that which by the way this game has nothing of like how can you possibly suggest that this is a four star game aj both of these games are you're suggesting that this game has more stars than uh gusto's restaurant had at the beginning of ratatouille both of these games are heavily influenced by zelda this one a 2d zelda and the gunk is a 3d zelda right so that being said from their intention which one more successfully replicated the experience of a zelda game the gunk was like zelda jr for babies 
3D Zelda's Junior for Babies in terms of its simplicity. And this very accurately rep- represents my experience. Keep okay. So part of the part of the Zelda experience in this and why I likened it to Link's Awakening is as you are moving on around the overworld, you find items and other characters are looking for those items. When you give an item to that character, you then put, are are basically given access to another area or are given another item that you can trade to another character. So that is very, very much mirroring the the similar quest in Link's Awakening. AJ, just because this game shares words with the Wikipedia entry for The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening does not make it, it does a four a out of five star game. It does a better job at its intention of being a Zelda-like than the gunk did at its intention of being a 3D Zelda-like. This is one of those episodes where I regret that I don't have the drugstore this, Pete costume on hand because I was one leave, of those episodes I where I regret the show being right now, born. And I would grab the drugstore Pete costume and ask him to take over for me because I just I oh can't boy. even anymore. Let's just let's uh-huh. move on. Okay, so today is indeed May the Fourth. Star Wars something something yes. something. Uh, I figured that we probably should do something Star Wars related on the podcast. And I figured, you know what? what? I have, I'm just brimming with so much rage, so many complicated feelings about Turnip Boy commits uh, tax evasion. Why not roll that into our Star Wars plans as well? Uh, and so I have uh, assembled here um, a tier maker list, uh, which okay. I am calling. Uh, how much would the characters of Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, enjoy uh, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion? God fucking damn it. And so I have right here at the bottom all of the major most characters of George Lucas's uh, Star Wars Episode One. And we're going to be determining uh, where it is that they would land on this uh, abomination of gaming. Are you ready? OK, L- let's do it. All right. I do want to say I've like I came up with this thing at the very last minute. I have given no thought to any of these characters right now. So normally like doing a tier maker thing like this when it's just two people like it has the potential to not be as interesting as it could be because, you know, usually it's just one person driving the conversation. Like I said, I've done no thought into this at all. So I will be as fresh as you will be. All right. Okay. First off. We got a young Anakin Skywalker portrayed by Jake Lloyd. I think young child Anakin Skywalker would like it fine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I mean, here's the thing. Young Anakin Skywalker, he's the kind of kid that does occasionally get real psyched about things. There's that famous scene where he said, man, that's real wizard, you know, which the Mandalorian season three ripped off. Or was it Boba Fett? Whatever. Uh, yeah. He does also seem like the kind of kid who's a little bit quiet. I see. I feel like he would actually be really confused by this game because there's all sorts of like greenery and plants, which Tatooine has nothing of. Like, I feel yeah. I could also see him not caring either way. I could I could see it there, but I think him and his childlike ambitions and his his desire to have fun, whether it be pod racing or otherwise... Uh, pod racing or Padme, um, I think he would like it just fine. 
All right, let's go ahead. Let's put it there. All right, next yep. up. Uh, this guy isn't really... He's not exactly a character in the way that all of the yeah. other characters it's, of episode it's one are characters. Droid army. It's a yeah, droid army droid. It's the B1 battle droid is his official yes, name. That's it. He's the, the Roger Roger guy. Um, yes. So these guys are weird because like they're kind of depicted as having no real personality. But if you watch him in the Clone Wars, they like weirdly have a lot of personality. But obviously that's not, you know, part of the conversation at hand. I think that these mm -hmm. mofos would love it. I think these guys would absolutely eat it up and think, oh, man, this is exactly what a Zelda game is supposed to be like. This is like I disagree. Truly oh, no. These, How come? These are these are generic battle droid robots. I don't think they care either way. They could be reprogrammed to like it and love it. They could be reprogrammed to despise it. I don't think they care either way. See, but like my take on it is like as machines they're probably hardwired to be like all right if i'm evaluating what a zelda game is i just need to check to see that it has a certain number of elements that fulfill the criteria of what of that make it a zelda game all right it has items it has a guy with a sword yeah it has puzzles therefore it's a zelda game therefore i love it but okay if they're programmed to evaluate it and compare the two i don't think that they are programmed to have a opinion about it. They just are looking for that Zelda-like criteria based on your argument here. They still don't mm. care either way. They are just checking to see if it if if the if the two images are the same. And it, it's it they you know whether or not they're they're being Pam from the office and it's the same picture or not. I don't think they care either way. See, the problem with this... I will this, die on this hill. As I said right up front, like I think I'm letting my opinion of them from the Clone Wars seep into my opinion on them with regards to their opinion on Turnip Boy a little bit. All right, I'll just put it at don't care either way. Uh, the, but these are... these are You pitch this as these are the, the episode one. These are pictures from episode one. These are as they they exist in episode one in my in my brain cannon that's fair here. that's fine that's fine i won't i won't disagree with you uh, on that one i will agree with you on that particular point all right number three another beloved character from star wars episode one boss nass the boss of the gungans i think he would dislike it personally oh how so because he recognizes <clears throat> that it's an abomination. That's why. <laughs> All right, I'll put it at dislike it because I kind of like that impression. I thought yeah. that was pretty, pretty spot on. You're this welcome. is a little, this is a little frustrating. Uh, the, the the more characters that I put into this uh, stretchier it gets. Yeah, the what if you control minus on the gets. window? Will it fit? Yeah, I guess better? I can do that. Hold on a sec. Just just one, just to see. Does it fit better? Yeah, okay. I might oh. have to like resize uh, the window a little bit. Hold on a second. But buy me a little yeah, bit yeah. of time. Yeah. Ha happy Star Wars Day. Um, also, one year since I had my biopsy, um, which if you go back a year in the in the podcast around this time, I, I appeared on the podcast one whole day after I was under the knife. I think I still got a scar here. You can't see it under my beard. 
But uh, like I've got a little scar Hold right here second. in my chest. Let me, uh, let me bring in one of the... This is me buying for time here. More zoomed in cameras. Now we're not even sure. buying oh, for time. Now no. we're just seeing what's under your beard. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it. There should be like a little red line in my chest. I don't know. Yeah, it's, right it's, it's very vaguely visible. Vaguely visible, yeah. But um, yeah, and and... That's also where I uh, that day I also woke up from surgery uh, to the news that Brad, Vinny and Alex were leaving GiantBomb.com. So I was right. devastated upon waking up. They would mm. uh, a week later announce that they were creating Nextlander, which was super awesome uh, and is, is still going strong. Still super awesome. I still listen to the podcast every week. Um, but Yeah. That's uh, that's me killing for time. Are you are you done? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been done. Okay, perfect for quite some time now. Let's get back to the show. All right, back to the show. Next up, C three PO as he appears in Star Wars Episode One. So you, you can see all his circuitries and whatnot sticking out. I think C three PO would despise it. Really, really. C three PO is so le- similar to the droid, the 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 battle droids. How they're they're programmed to, um, uh, you know, mostly be new. They're programmed to do what they're programmed to do. They're not programmed to have opinions. C three PO is very much programmed to borderline sentience to have opinions, um, and I think he is just way too analytical and would overthink the experience of this game and would not understand the humor it brings. And I think he would despise it. Yeah. I, I am not I, I calling think you a robot. Fair. I think that's fair. I also think that he would also not perceive the ways in which this game is egregiously flawed, but I think that's besides mm-hmm. the point. So we'll put him as one of the many sure to be many people when we complete this list that despise it. All right. Sure. Next up, Chancellor Palpatine, of course, a, you know, good natured chancellor from Star Wars Episode One, you know, looking out for the goodwill of the galaxy and Anakin Skywalker. Um, Of course. I I see this as the kind of guy who would play this game to kind of throw the Jedi off the scent and make them think of him as a simpleton, just a a simple man that enjoys simple, shallow games that are trying and failing to be like Zelda games. I think he would present as either liking it fine or he doesn't care either way. But deep down at his core, his cold, dark, Sith-fueled heart, his core, the core of that Sith dark heart he's got, I think he would despise it. Wow. Because he hate he hates all things good. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I I feel like he's also the kind of guy though that like he would not even if he absolutely despises it because he hates all things good. I also think think that he wouldn't even think about it all that much because it just left that little of an impression on it. So I would negotiate and say that he dislikes it. Sure. Let's meet. All that. right. Perfect. Okay, next up, uh, the true hero of Star Wars Episode One, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. 
Um, I I think based on so here we're at a uh, a bit of a nurture versus nature uh, situation here. Um, I think Darth Maul um, would ba based on his. Based on his nature, I don't think he would care either way. I think he's been told to dislike it by influences uh, stronger than him. And hes I think he's been manipulated into not liking this game. Darth Maul, you know, strikes me as the kind of person that aspires to be the best. He aspires to be a Darth Lord of the Sith so powerful that he can defeat even powerful skilled Jedi like Qui-Gon Jinn. And so I think that when it comes to training to be the best, he can only play the best. This is a man that has played the original Legend of Zelda. He has played the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, Darksiders 1, maybe Darksiders 2. I don't know if that game was as good, but he has never in a single instance of his entire life not even when he became Spider-Mall ever so much as dared to touch this particular game, but being the venerable and generous Darth Lord of the Sith that he is, I think that he has agreed not to voice an opinion on it, having not played it and thus does not care either way. I still think given the influence of his master's, he would be, I still think he is influenced too too greatly by the dark side and will have to dislike it. All right. I mean, dislike it is still kind of neutral because it's not despising it. So we'll put it at yeah, that. It's, it's, he's more negative than not. All right. Let's talk about some of these spicier uh, CGI characters from Star Wars Episode oh One. Boy. Uh, these are Photosynbead, uh, Anodu. These are the two-headed aliens that basically sportscast the Bunta Eve pod race uh, during the first act or so of the movie. Uh, if I recall correctly, these guys were voiced by like some SNL comedians or whatever, and felt kind of out of uh, place in the movie. Great. Right. Greg Proops, I think, was one of them. Yes, that sounds correct. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think they care either way. They're just there to see an interesting race. Yeah, I, I can see this being one of those cases where like one of them loves it and the other one despises it. But because they're two heads in one body, it they're, basically cancels meet out. In the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Next up, he inserted himself very briefly into this movie as a nice little cameo. For uh, no he didn't, reason. He didn't have his uh, Kowakian lizard rat to keep him company. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where, where episode one Jabba the Hutt would put it. I feel like he would... I feel like he wouldn't put up with the bullshit from it, so he would dislike it. See, uh, as I was, you know, mentioning earlier that at this point in the timeline, Jabba the Hutt does not have uh, whatever that guy's name is. The, the Kowakian lizard monkey. What's his name? 
the dude with uh, like the very distinctive face that always yeah, lasts at everything I don't Jabba know what does. The, yeah, I don't know. Salacious Crumb. There sure. we go. That's I didn't want to. I didn't want to forget his name because it's a great name. See, I feel yeah, like very good. Before Salacious Crumb came along, this game mm-hmm. was Jabba the Hutt Salacious Crumb. Whenever he would be in a bad mood, whenever he would have to kill too many people with his rancor pit, he just look at the game and he just make one of those big bellyful Jabba laughs and everything would be good in the world for the hut. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm surprised you're not putting up more of a resistance to this argument. I don't know. I, I was looking over all these characters and I can't really like, We all know, like, Jabba the Hutt's just a bad guy in general. I can't really argue for or against his interest in this game. All right. Well, if we're not going to decide on anything, I'm going to go ahead and say that he loves it. Okay. We'll put it there. Moving on, uh, we have a classic Star Wars Episode One character in the movie for quite a bit more than Jabba was in the movie, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I think Jar Jar Binks will actually love it, to be honest. I think he likes a good time. I think Jar Jar likes a good time. He's he's down he's down for the ride. He's just down to have a good time. I mean, unless we're talking about the rumored Darth Jar Jar, in which case his, the influence of whatever his master was. But I think Jar Jar Binks, as we see him in Episode One, he's a gonna like it. If if we're talking about Dark Jar Jar here for the sake of argument, like see, I I envision I I envision Darth Jar Jar as being the kind of guy that loves loves Turnip Boy commits tax evasion because he truly recognizes the darkness in it, and the people below him, Chancellor Palpatine and Darth Maul and all the other Siths uh, who are currently alive at this time, they don't. They don't really kind of recognize the extent of its depravity. They can only see barely an echo of what this Darth Lord of the Sith can see. Hmm. Either way, I agree with you that this guy loves it. So let's go ahead and yeah. let's put him as Jar totally it. loves it. Hell yeah. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Next up, uh, this character... Um, has split the opinions of many Star Wars fans over the years. Fun fact, he was actually like one of the first named characters that George Lucas came up with, although he was known as Mace Windy at the time. Uh, Mace Mm -hmm. Windu, portrayed by the venerable Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I... Hmm. I think he... Just in general... won't care either way he he follows the code way too much yeah okay so here's the thing this is one of those instances where i think we're both being influenced by the way that he looks in this particular portrait i got of him i don't know but i don't know about that i it's i mean the scene that that's in 
You know, he's given a particular set of rules and he follows them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as we later learn in the next couple of episodes is, you know, he, he is able to, you know, think for himself and act, act on a dime a bit. It's just in this particular instance, when push comes to shove, he will always do his best to make the rational choice. And I don't think he cares. I don't think this is of any consequence to him, his opinion of this. I don't think he cares. All right. I have no disagreements. All right. Next up, Newt Gunray. Uh, Believe it or not, this character was not CGI in Star Wars Episode One, despite being an alien, which is kind of an impressive feat. I feel like nobody ever really talks about it with this character. I Sorry, I just... There was a scream in the other room, which I think means the leaf scored. Oh. Yeah, those boys are doing pretty good lately, aren't they? So far, so good. Um, what what is the score currently? I think it I, it, it is probably two one right now. Wow. Do do you for, two one two one for Tampa Bay? If unfortunately, oh. hmm. currently, if they manage to pull things around and mm-hmm. win the cup, do you like already have a plan in motion of how you want to celebrate? I don't, but I'm quite sure Rachel does. Um, when the Raptors won uh, in 2019, um, she's not a basketball fan or or anything like that. She just appreciates Toronto sports in general. Um, she went to the uh, big event uh, downtown Toronto at um, at uh, City Hall, um, where all of the the politicians and even Trudeau was there and. Doug Ford was there and got booed and all that fun stuff. Um, So I have no idea, but I will be along for the ride. That's for sure. Well, wishing you all the best. As somebody from Montreal, I should be like opposed to you. I should be rooting for the Habs, but it seems like they are out of commission at the moment. Uh, Yeah, I actually particularly care for them to begin with, honestly. They did. They didn't make the playoffs, um, which left enough room to have the big funeral service for Guy Lafleur. Indeed, so. indeed. All right, Newt Gunray. Uh, I Newt think Gunray. that this guy absolutely loves this game. I think that this guy was inspired mm-hmm. to be uh, a menace to the galaxy at large because he played this game and its evil addled his brain. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think he loves this game. I think he loves his own ego too much. And I think he loves likes his own ego too much and he can't get that out of his head that when he sticks to his the the plan his preconceived notions and the plan in his head it ends up backfiring in his face. I think I think he despises it for that reason. Because he he thinks he's on top of the world and has has the correct take and has the correct opinion on this game. And very much the world is pushing back against him. And it 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 bites him in the ass when he tries to pull one over. Oh, see, I thought I thought the way that you're going with it is that he despises this game 
because it reminds him of his own feelings. It reminds him of the in a way, character of infamy cr- that he has become. Absolutely. I think that I think that fits. He despises it. Whatever his rational or irrational justification is, regardless, I think he despises it. All right. Newt Gungray despises Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Uh, next up, a very young Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think he likes it fine. Really? I think he does. I think he sees it for what it is and is enjoying it as he goes and is doing the best he can with what he's got. Hmm. I actually, so I was thinking about this ahead of today's episode. I feel like we're a couple of Star Wars TV shows away from finally seeing what video games look like in the Star Wars universe. I feel like over Mm -hmm. the course of the past couple of years, we've gotten a little bit more insight into what like basic kind of household commodities and like forms of entertainment look like in that universe. And I feel like we got to be coming up against what video games look like soon. Possibly. What what makes you say that? I don't know. It just it just it seems like something that they're eventually going to acknowledge sooner rather than later. You know what I mean? Like 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 some character, like maybe even off to the side is going to be looking at a handheld device and interacting with it in a way that looks like he's competing with something. Exactly. Got it. And like what I'm really curious is like. Like, are the are the video games in Star Wars going to be like super hyper advanced? Like, are they going to be like a notch above like the VR thingamabob that Luke was playing with in Star Wars Episode Four? Or are they going to be kind of more like like game and watch games, like souped up game and watch games? Because if it's the latter, I can see Obi-Wan Kenobi really liking it because he's like, wow, this game is like objectively better than all the other game and watch games we have going on in this universe. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. I I think that we have to put it at like, fine. I think that we both found mutual ground for having him feel that way. I think we did. Padme Amidala uh, in her iconic uh, red, white, and gold dress. You have the duly elected queen of Naboo, Amidala. Um, That's a weird thing to say, elected queen. Yes, but it, it, I mean, it's not me who it, said it. makes it. sense. It was the movie. It, it makes sense. The movie codified the it into canon. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, okay. What's your take? Just off the top of your dome, what's your take here? See, I feel like uh, Queen Amidala, you know, she's being like, hurried to all sorts of dangerous corners of the galaxy at even such a young age. But I feel like there have to be times where she just needs to decompress. She just needs to have some puerile form of entertainment just fed to her. And normally, normally that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two. But on the occasions that the DVD machine is broken, it's this game. And so I think that for that reason, she likes it just fine. I'd agree. I agree with that take. That's a good take. All right. 
Next up, uh, we have a character who I, I don't even remember this guy appearing in this movie. I remember him more from Star Wars episodes two and three. Um, Captain Quarsh Panaka. He's the guy at the end of episode three that takes in Baby, Le- Baby Leia, if I remember correctly. Uh, he is Queen uh, Amidala's chief of security at the Thebe Palace. Isn't that, no. No. Oh. At the end, Baby Leia? No, he... Baby Leia goes to um, Alderaan with Organa. Oh, that's right. He, but this this guy kind of looks like Bail Organa, doesn't he? Potentially. Oh, well, in but, that case, no, I don't know is, who. This is that, not the same person. In that case, I don't know who this guy is at all. He, uh, is, I think he's just a. I think he's just like a bodyguard. Uh, he's like essentially a bodyguard for the queen right yeah like a top general or something yeah i, I think this for, guy for naboo this guy occasionally has to watch padme play this game and i think he doesn't care either way yeah i agree i i, I don't think he cares all right like he's just there there to do his thing um and he he yes he probably leans closer to like it fine than dislike it but overall doesn't care either way. All right. The man himself, he's a man of many talents, Qui-Gon Jinn. I think he is such a true and true Jedi that he does not care either way. Much like Mace Windu. Yeah, see, the thing about Qui-Gon Jinn is even though I don't think it's like a particularly great performance from the one and only Liam Neeson, I do like that character, so I don't want to like make him seem like an idiot either way. So I, I'll put him at don't care either way. R2-D2 right. loves it. Really? Now, why does R2-D2 yeah. love it? Because R2-D2 is such a good, kind-hearted robot. He likes to have a good time. And he knows exactly what he likes. And he loves anything that reminds him of... A good old classic Zelda experience. R2-D2 loves it. Wow, I didn't know that R2-D2 had like a ton of time to he, play Zelda games as, before he went on that ship much, to make that repair. As much as as much as he is friends with C-3PO, they are personality-wise and sensibility-wise fairly opposite in certain aspects. As much as they mm. are friends. Okay. See, on that point alone, on that point alone of having him be on the complete opposite of the spectrum, I'll I'll, I'll seed and have him love it. I don't know if I entirely agree with your reasoning for I, him loving it specifically outside of the C three PO. I would, conce- thing, I, would but- I would let you put it down to like it fine, if you wanted. If no, you are more comfortable I, I, with that. I think I think love it is fine just for the diametric opposition of him and C three PO. All right, got it. Sebulba. Young Anakin Skywalker's greatest enemy. He tried to sabotage Anakin's pod racer. He is a sore loser. He doesn't... He he thinks it... Everything has to be catered to him and revolve around him in this instance. And he hates that... This game does not meet that. He despises this game. 
Hmm. I mean, I will say, I feel like we kind of got to start putting some more people into this the despise it category because I said earlier that clearly that's how most of this list would net out. But then you had me. Yeah, and then reason I had with you. you. And the, the, the we, we are balancing this, this podcast. out. We are balancing this out fairly well, surprisingly. And that is not intentional. I'll just erase any reasoning that you said over the course of the past minute and put him at despise it so we can beef up this part. All right. Sure. Shmi Skywalker. Yep. That mother is of Anakin's Anakin. mother. Yep. Virgin mother of Anakin. Yes, indeed. Oh, my God. Um, I think. Okay. She she supports her son in in the the ventures he w- wishes to pursue, whether it be pod racing, or building his robots, or even going off to become a Jedi. She supports his son doing that, but she dis- dislikes it. She doesn't mm-hmm. always approve of everything, but she still supports her son doing doing the things that he chasing chasing his dreams. Mm-hmm. I think she dislikes it. She's really? not, she, it's not, I don't think that she doesn't care. I think she cares and she doesn't like it, but she, she still, she doesn't like being away from her son, but she still sends him away because she knows it's what he wants and she knows that it will be good for him. See, I thought the route that you were going with this one is that she likes it fine because of all of uh anakin skywalker's extracurricular passions playing uh turnip boy commits tax evasion is like the one that is least likely to get him killed it's like oh yeah if you want to play that game that's totally fine this this is tatooine this is cutthroat tatooine at its peak look at the she is she is literally a slave if the slave did anything as egregious to committing tax evasion she she like the the your logic there doesn't quite add up she doesn't like that sending her son away is the best option for him hmm. she want she but it, it it is the best option for him because it won't get him killed. All right. But she doesn't like having. We we can meet in the middle on it if you want. You want to go? Don't care either way. It's up to you. I think uh, I think I, you, we both made valid arguments for either or. I, I, so I think putting that, it in the middle. I think that we should put this in the middle and call it a day. All right. Okay. Uh, next up, we have. Arguably the most memorable character from Star Wars Episode One, Sio Bibble, uh, the governor of Naboo. This guy has an amazing mustache and beard, uh, and not much else going for him. I think, yeah, I, it, just on that alone, <laughs> I think I think we just put him in the middle. He doesn't care either way. See, I think that he loves this game because he recognizes that he doesn't have a whole lot going for him. And so he's like, well, I should have something going for me. Oh, I know one of my, you know, quirky personality traits will be the fact that I love 
Turnip Boy Commits Tax uh, Evasion. It'll be one of my bullet points on my Star Wars Wikipedia entry. Hmm. Hmm. I'm willing to meet you in the middle and say he likes it fine. Oh, really? So why doesn't he love it? Is it one of those things where, like, he wants to, he, he like, he wants to give off this he, impression of loving it, but secretly he recognizes its failings. And so he kind of is in the middle of being like, I, I love it. I love it. And I think it's fine. Like that? As as a governor, you sort of have to, as passionate as you may be about something, sometimes you have to take a moment and think about all the other outcomes and draw yourself in and concede a little bit. I think that that is his intention. And I think he likes, I think he might actually just like it fine meeting in the middle well you know what they say nobody truly knows what's going on in sio bibble's head so either possibility could be 100 percent true so he's gonna go at like it fine all right okay. we got two more characters on this list to go and they are heavy hitters uh first yep. off the penultimate one watto watto greg miller's watto yeah, that's his. Uh, that, that's his full name. Yep, I was trying full, to. Yeah, that's his full as name. I was saying his name. I was trying to remember. Does Watto have like a first or last name, or is it just yeah, Watto? And then he said, yeah. "Greg Miller's Watto." Greg I'm like, Miller. "Yep, that's right. That's his full name. That's it. That's absolutely what it is." Um, I think Watto dislikes it. Really? Because it's because he doesn't understand it. Sure. Let's just let's put a uh, a period after that statement and let's move yep. on. Okay. All right. Finally, last but not least, Yoda, portrayed by the venerable Frank Oz, uh, and also by CGI and or puppetry, depending on which version of the movie you're watching. Okay. So I think this is going to be the hardest one to actually place, because if you look at the rest of this list. Aside from Obi-Wan, there are two other Jedi here currently. Mace Windu and uh, what's his name? Liam Neeson. Yeah. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, Qui-Gon Jinn, that's it. Um, now, instinctually, you would think to maybe put it in the middle. Because that would make it perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Mm -hmm. But putting it in the middle is such a not putting Yoda, Master Yoda, in the middle is goes against his teaching of. Do or do not. There mm. is no try. Mm. So if I can just interject here very quickly, I also think, however, that Yoda is the kind of guy that is, you know, so old and so wise beyond the years of anybody else in the Jedi Council that like he is beyond simple discussions of like whether things are, you know, 
good or bad in terms of their design. Like he sees unseen truths about all things in nature that we'll never be able to understand. And so when you present him with a game like uh, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, he doesn't see its uh, failings and missteps or, you know, positive qualities. He sees something else entirely. And I'm trying to wonder, is that thing that he sees that is entirely different from what we perceive something truly repugnant and awful, or is it something illuminating and wonderful? So I think I just had an epiphany. Whoa. Triggered by my uh, Thanos Avengers quote, perfectly balanced as all things should be. The Jedi discovering Anakin and realizing how great his power may be via the midichlorians in his system. The intention is for Anakin to bring balance to the force. Yoda agrees to allow him to become a Jedi because of the potential Anakin has to bring balance to the force. And in episode one, there is still hope. Old hope, not a new hope, mm. but hope. So do or do not, there is no try. But we have not reached that point yet in episode one. He is still attempting. He, they either will or they won't. We do not know. Okay, this is if they will bring balance AJ, to the force. If we keep going, we're gonna. This episode will be as long as Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Put him in the middle. What? Hold on. I thought you were gonna say that he loves or despises it. What do you mean? Doesn't I care thought, either way. Did you not listen? To what I just said. I, I listened Any of to what like, I just said. I don't know, like the first half hour of it. It, it was a very long <laughs> and impassioned speech, and I appreciated your passion, but at a certain point, I had to turn it off. He needs to, he want his intention is to bring balance to the force with Anakin. Currently, Anakin is leading positive as a child, because that is what will bring balance. His, his intention to bring balance puts... Yoda in the middle. Hmm. I mean, this just feels like what a cynical way to bring balance to the force by not caring about something. I'm going to, you know, allow all things to exist as they should be by utterly just but turning my nose up at it and just showing it, is, it no love. It is a choice that, that each Jedi can make. Right? They can either make the choice to be on the light side or the dark side. And he wants to bring balance to the force. Hmm. Put him in the middle. Hmm. Yeah. See, the problem is, is that, uh, unfortunately, I don't feel like I can really make a particularly strong argument as to why he would either love it or despise it, like, uh, like one way or the other. So... Yeah, I guess mm -hmm. he has to be uh, doesn't care either way, which I realize, 
you could make the argument that this is kind of a victory that so many characters on the list ended up not caring about this game. But I, I really was hoping that we would have more characters bring fire and fury uh, upon this ba- vaguely Zelda-like experience. But uh, alas, this is how the list nets out. So if you're an audio listener, I'll just briefly recap uh, the characters from Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace that love Turnip Boy Commit Tax Evasion are Jabba the Hutt, Jar Jar and R2-D2. Uh, the characters that like it fine are young Anakin Skywalker, young Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, young Padme Amidala and uh what's his face the, the the guy with the beard and the mustache he's the governor of naboo I, I, I don't know who cares uh the people who don't care either way <laughs> are the b1 battle droid uh the two alien sports casters one of which was portrayed by that one guy from snl great um, groups yeah uh and it was whose line is it anyway there we go that's right i, re- I remember whose line is it anyways good show that's uh, a good show very good show mace windu uh, the guy who I thought was Bail Organa, but was not Bail Organa, Qui-Gon Jinn, Shmi Skywalker, and Yoda. Uh, the characters who dislike it are Boss Nass, um, the venerable and loving Chancellor Palpatine, who means good for the galaxy. Uh, what's his face? The guy, Darth... <sighs> All right, so to give you a little insight into my mind right now, I'm like, fuck, why am I completely blanking on this really obvious Star Wars character's name? What, what, what's this guy? He he becomes like part spider, right? He becomes like a spider mall. Uh, damn it, his name's Darth Maul. Why did I not? How did re- being reminded of spider mall help me discover, rediscover within my mind that his name is Darth Maul? I don't know how this happens, AJ. I don't know what is going on in my brain these days. Uh, so who yeah. can say Darth Maul and finally Watto uh, and the characters who despise it are uh, original lo-fi C-3PO Newt Gungray and Sebulba you got it alright you want to talk about video games yeah let's let's close this close out this whatever this was and actually talk a little bit about video games I mean, I will I will say um, to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. I've not been playing a lot like I, so I wanted I've, to kind of make I've sure that we had something more. Yeah, you've actually been playing quite a few things, which I've been playing a few things. Trust me. Um, I, I'm going to let you pick what what one I talk about first, then we'll jump to yours. Let's talk about Halo Infinite Season 2, because Halo Infinite Season 1 was a game that I actually got into for quite a bit, and it's been quite some time yep. since I've played halo infinite Mm -hmm. and i'm curious how you found the second season of this game um so far it's actually okay um it's uh i i would struggle um to say that it it's going to bring back as many people um that were as into it as when the game first launched um because that was just a truly magical moment. But the, the, the new modes um, and uh, the new, the new season in general, a new battle pass to work your work your way down. Um, I think are going to spark a little bit, a little bit of interest that is desperately needed in this, in this game. Um, uh, just on a whim yesterday, uh, 
on my Twitch channel, I decided, uh, fuck it, I'm going to uh, boot it up. I'm going to download the update and I'm just going to go live on Twitch and just play it. Um, and so I played a bunch of the um, Last Spartan Standing, which is their new elimination mode, um, which some... Some people uh, liken it to a battle royale of sorts, um, which it very much is influenced by um, because so it's a uh, it's a 12 player um, Slayer elimination match where each uh, each player gets five lives and those five, you know, those when you run out of the five lives you you uh you lose essentially right? right as you as you get more kills you get experience and then you can upgrade um your you, you don't have, you when you gain experience you go up a level and that unlocks a new tier of gun and everybody has the same tier of guns that they unlock in a certain order um after you get to a certain number of uh players um that are uh, uh remaining um every kill starts dropping uh experience that you can run out into the in right into the middle of 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 the map and and pick up the 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 experience uh from the the fallen uh other player um and uh you know it's a it's a risk reward like it puts you out it'll put you out in the open and you're standing still for a good five seconds and that's just enough time for somebody to sneak up on you. But, um, yeah, the, the last Spartan standing mode is, is pretty good. And it's a, a very nice addition. I wish we had had a playlist with it sooner or something. Has, um, has 343 yeah. Industries itself been advertising this mode as Halo Infinite's Battle Royale mode? Or is this like a, a fan thing? that fans have been latching onto this mode and saying, oh, this is Halo's Battle Royale mode. It's a bit of both in that. Okay. Because, um, like, it sounds cool. Like, I will definitely try this out uh, at some point yeah. within the near future because it sounds like a fun time. I definitely like the idea of having a limited number of lives and, you know, being able to play strategically and level up your guns in doing so. This is not... Yeah. This sounds as further or as far apart from a Battle Royale as you possibly could get in terms of yeah. a multiplayer mode, other than the permadeath part, which itself comes with the asterisk of, well, you have multiple lives. Correct. You have multiple lives, and if you're smart, um, you can make it to the end. The furthest I got was second place. Um, uh, and when I got to that that second place, I had no, no lives remaining, and the other person had four lives remaining. Um, and zero counts. So he had four plus one essentially, because mm -hmm. um, your your life your life count ticks down um, until it's empty, and then you cannot respawn anymore. It's 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 less about lives and more. You have five respawns that you can do, mm -hmm. if that makes more sense. Um, but yeah, the the new map is is interesting. Um, it's in my. I, I think they need to work another map into this game mode, uh, even if it's one of the older ones, because mm. um, it's it's a little brown and gray. This I, f I forget what this map is called, even. Um, but 
uh it's it's this weird new sandy banished uh themed map um ban- like some banished wreckage or whatever mm-hmm. but um uh yeah uh in in terms of the other aspects of season two i played on one of the other new maps um i also forget what that one was called it looks very reminiscent to uh there was a there was a map in halo 4 um but uh this is uh this is like very old um forerunner architecture map that is very run down that that other map Uh, if you scroll a little bit further it's it'll be the yeah i think they are Yes, this is the one. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, on the on this map here, it's very reminiscent of like a couple other maps. Uh, specific, it for some reason really reminds me of one in Halo Four. Um, but I think that's just the art style of it. Uh, mm. I think this looks really nice and it looks really cool. Um, but yeah, season two, the rest of it. Um, I don't think it's necessarily enough. By the sounds of it, we it'll be another few months before we get another season. Um, I think the end of the summer, so like August, end of August, beginning September is is what I've seen online. Um, so I don't know if this is going to be enough. Um, I think the new battle pass it plays just like the other battle passes with the challenges and everything, which are still not good. Um, because I, I, what I ended up doing is I found myself in the last Spartan standing. Uh, they had, you know, it. it's a very specific Lone Wolves event that they have going on. Um, where the in the in the last Spartan standing, it's. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just an event that gives you exclusive armor in that event. And by by doing the challenges linked to that event, you rank up that miniature battle pass, and those challenges don't give you experience towards the regular battle pass. Um, but you, you know it'll still unlock armor and stuff for you during this event. It it's not him. Things like get three melee kills. Um in in the in a certain game mode got me so fixated on trying to run up close to people rather than just trying to survive and win that you know i just wanted the challenge and it's 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 a bad solution in my opinion the challenges were a bad solution because it all it does is distract from the the core part of the gameplay and when you have other teammates who have their own challenges that they're trying to accomplish nobody works together as a team myself included um and it's just it just becomes problematic um i hope they figure out a better solution in the future but okay i'm a a little bit surprised that uh with this game they haven't taken kind of the approach of games like mario kart 8 for example in the kind of selection of the levels that they offer where it's like hey we'll have one original level and then we'll have one kind of remastered souped up version of a old pre-existing level in the same way that mario kart 8 is like hey here's you know baby park but it's all anti-gravity and you have those little anti-gravity things and it's an old thing but we've made it kind of new and fresh Uh, yeah i wonder if any of that has to do with like the the new mobility in this like old maps would have to be so 
greatly tweaked that it probably wouldn't um it, it would be hard be, with the the clambering and climbing up on on ledges as well as the sliding and sprinting it would be a completely different game um than what it used to be it could be the same map but is it going to be a is it still going to be a good experience and i imagine that they're struggling with figuring that out um i don't know i'm not a game designer mm. but i i would i would like to see just them i would i would like them to just dump all the old maps into it graphics and all just put them in wow who cares kind of like just do it kind of like when they included a bunch of the old like nintendo 64 stages in uh super smash bros ultimate yeah that and even in mario well mario kart they actually like remade yeah. and remastered for like all the new stuff right but that's the difference yeah that's the difference there they re yeah it's the yeah um no the the smash brothers one where they just brought in the old maps that's perfect that's the perfect analogy just put it in um, and let us figure it out. You can keep it out of competitive modes if you want and just have like official maps and whatever is proven and maps that people actually like and aren't exploitable. Right. Um, but yeah. All Other right. than that, I think I think I think it's a positive move for Halo. Um, is it enough? Probably not. Um, I will probably finish the battle pass and then put it down again. Sounds good. On my end, I have been playing a metric ton of Kingdom Hearts. I, I feel yeah. bad that this is the one video game series that I'm always bringing to uh, the table every time we do one of these podcasts. But alas, they take a real long time to platinum. However, everybody who's currently listening to this podcast, you will be happy to know that I finally got my Kingdom Hearts 3 platinum out of the way. This is my 215th platinum. Let me tell you, this was a pretty long platinum and definitely not my favorite Kingdom Hearts series platinum. I feel like there was a lot of bullshit I need to do that didn't involve me really kind of using the slickness of Sora's combat or magical abilities, which is definitely the best part of Kingdom Hearts 3. There are these little mini games in the game. Uh, earlier, I mentioned Game & Watch in talking about Star Wars. Kingdom Hearts 3 has an entire suite of like Game & Watch inspired Kingdom Hearts games where you're like controlling Sora and Mickey in these very kind of basic like 2D little mini games. And they're just not very fun, but you got to play all of them if you want the platinum. And I just, I really kind of resented the game for doing that. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I managed to get it out of the way. And after getting it out of the way, I decided, you know what? No better time than now than to jump into Kingdom Hearts 3 re colon mind or remind, wow. um, which is the DLC expansion thingamabob that they released for Kingdom Hearts 3 last year. Uh, let me tell you, I was so smitten with the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 remind opens up with a 45 minute long cutscene. Just a real big, long chunker of a cutscene. Not, And to be clear, it's not like a single 45-minute long cutscene. It's like four different characters and like four different scenarios doing things that are things that are all back-to-back -back and make up 45 minutes. But I was just so, so happy that the game, Remind immediately understands, hey, if you're dropping 
a $40 deuce to buy this game, this game that has the audacity to be called Re Colon Mind, you're here for some major lore nuggets. So let's just lay it on real oh thick boy. right off the bat. Man, oh man, I am all here for it. And I was so disappointed that I eventually had to go to bed at 2 a.m. so I could wake up at 7. Um, not much else to say there. I'll definitely uh, be playing Remind a little bit longer because one of the things that it offers in addition to new story content is it also has like a bunch of super bosses that apparently will really put your skills to the test at the very end. Uh, much like what was the case with the uh, end game of Kingdom Hearts 2, which also had like a lot of super bosses there as well. Um, AJ. Yes. There's one more thing I wanted to talk about with you on this fair podcast. It's not a game. It's a book. Oh, you have been reading Disrupting the Game by Reggie Fils and me. Reggie Fils That's how you pronounce that. Yes, I I was trying to be cute in the way that I said it, but it it came out real wrong. Oh, it's all right. (laughs) That's okay. Um, yeah, the, uh, Reggie's book, uh, which you can, um, see a lot of the, uh, there are a lot of interviews going on right now. Uh, there's one at, uh, G4, there's one, uh, at Kind of Funny, uh, I'm sure other media outlets have also done, uh, interviews with, uh, Reggie so far. Um, I, I'm only three chapters into it at this point. Um, I, I bought the book hardcover and uh i've used also one of my audible credits uh to listen to the audiobook as well but what i've been doing because i have adhd because i really want to pay attention to this book because i'm actually interested in it in a book for once um is uh take in as much information as i can and to my surprise reggie actually is the narrator of the audiobook Whoa. so if you've missed if you have missed hearing uh, scripted Reggie Fizeme uh, discuss something uh, like I have since his retirement, uh, it, it's it is a joy. Um, I'm only three chapters into it. Uh, it it talks about a lot of his so far, like his his upbringing, uh, his family history a little bit, um, and his uh, chosen career path. Um, and, and how he got there, um, opening, uh, opening the book, the first chapter, uh, is a lot about his, uh, time with Iwata, uh, and how he, they became very good friends, uh, despite being, um, culturally opposite to each other and constantly having disagreements, but respectfully, um, and how they navigated that and were able to maintain a friendship right up until Iwata's unfortunate passing. Um, In these... um, Periodically through each chapter in this book, um, he has small sections. uh, I'll just hold it up to the camera here that are highlighted in like a gray box called the So What. Um, You're not going to be able to read it because it's blurring it out. Real blurred out. Which you don't have. That's fine. You don't you don't have to read it, but it's a separate section in the book. Um, But not 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 a separate section, just like in between like paragraphs here. It's like Mm. 
this okay so the so what so imagine he's just he he's giving you a lecture on something right and telling you a story from his personal experience so what who cares what what's what is the point and he very eloquently summarizes the lesson he learned from the story he told and shares it with with the reader so that hopefully you know we might be able to learn it too um mm. i think it's a very cool way to to put uh a very, a very succinct way to put the lesson you're you're supposed to to read from it and it's it doesn't leave it up to your imagination oh you know you know i had this experience uh take take with that what you will no he says i had this experience and here's what I believe it taught me and how it made me successful. Hopefully you can take this lesson to apply it to your life and, and bring a little success into your life as well. Um, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is super neat. Um, and it's, it's super cool. And, and the three chapters that I'm reading that I've read so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, the audiobook is about eight, eight hours long or so. Um, so it's not too long of a listen. If you, if you got time, if you got a, a commute or something that you could couldn't listen to it on. Um, I highly recommend it for my ADHD. I am literally reading the book along with the words and it's helping me not get distracted. So I think that might have to be how I read books for the rest of my life. All right. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. Um, Disrupting the game by Reggie fils in, in, in stores. Now I, I bought it. I, I bought it twice. Technically. Awesome. Any any juicy bits about the Metroid series in there? Not yet. Because I know um, a lot of people watch, have been I know a lot of people have been mining this book for, oh, you know, what does Reggie have to say about Mother 3? What did he try to do to get it over to the West? So I was curious if maybe there was a Metroid thing or have you watched have you watched the kind of funny games cast episode where they have Reggie on? Uh, I still have not had the chance to do so. I will not spoil it, but based on the questions you just asked, you need to watch that. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, before so. we close out this episode, I made a uh, glaring omission that I should have corrected way earlier on in the podcast. Uh, although I will say now that I'm uh, about to read it out loud, I wish we could still omit it. Um, on Monday, uh, I mentioned yep. that we were going to be reviewing Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion on Twitter uh, and said, as we always do whenever we're about to review a YYZ review a game, uh, that we want to hear from you, uh, the listener. Uh, and Kevin Ainsworth uh, at The Muffin Mon, who has uh, previously been on this show, albeit not when I was on, uh, said, mm -hmm. I loved it. Uh, it was not what I expected at all. Lots of fun, silly humor, and a good indie Zelda clone doesn't outstay its welcome. Only complaint, two glitched achievements keeping me from getting the 100%. I seriously had to force my brain to get through the rest of that just mm -hmm. statement of a statement. Uh, Nathan actually responded uh, to his... Uh, issue he with couldn't not make a video for to, us, but he could tweet about it. Yeah. He actually responded to Kevin Ainsworth's uh, issue of not being able to get all the achievements saying, same here on the glitch achievements, which let me tell you, 
not a lot of games out there have glitched trophies or achievements. Not a lot of games out there have that. So really, really says a lot about the quality of software that we're dealing with here. Uh, Kevin Ainsworth actually responded to this saying they might be fixed now. I just saw the devs say they released a patch. I'll try later, but hope they fix soon. Now, of course, every single video game developer under the sun releases releases patches for their games nowadays. It's not unusual. It's totally understandable if you got to do it, even if it's for a game that's three hours long. Still, you don't want to leave people hanging like that. You get to the end of that trophy list and those final two trophies or achievements aren't popping. That is a awful sinking feeling to be experiencing. And I I, I think that this deserves to be discussed in greater detail. AJ, what do you say? Do you have another hour in you? You want to talk about how this game is a failure from the perspective of trophies and achievements? No, uh, I think shit happens. And I think this is, I, I don't know anything about the dev team. I think this was probably a small team that decided, Hey, let's, it, it's a pandemic right now. What are we going to do? Let's make a video game. Okay. Let's template it off of Zelda and give it a, uh, a, a, stupid world to live in and i think they did the best they could with the resources they had in the time they they had it um and i think overall despite some unfortunate glitching issues and unfortunate uh user generated save problems for not for so just you're assuming saying, you're saying it's my fault that I generated the reason for my own misfortune. You're saying that they're not responsible I, for it. I think if you paused the game at any point, you would have seen save and quit in the menu, and you wouldn't you wouldn't be as upset. Four out of five stars. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll stick to it. Fuck End it. the show, I'll AJ. Stick to it. End the show. All right. Get me the hell out of here. Uh, oh, I also played um, the the Switch Sports or uh, Wii Sports Three, as I like to call it. Ooh. But well, well, maybe maybe Nathan's gonna get it, and maybe in yeah. two weeks uh, we'll talk about it more with him. Um, next week, uh, are we having a guest next week? Maybe we'll see. Talks are currently Maybe in we'll the works. See. I don't know if if this person uh, has played it or not, but we will see what happens. Um, and maybe we'll save that the that for next week because I could still play a little a little bit more of it. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's it. Thank you for tuning in to Press YYZ. If you enjoyed this broadcast, be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, and review the show on your podcast service of choice. You can also check us out on Twitter at PressYYZ and slide into our Discord at invite.gg slash PressYYZ to keep the conversation going. Until next time, nice haircut, Cozy. Oh, thank you. We didn't even talk about that on the main episode. Do you want to do another hour to talk about my haircut? Absolutely not. Damn.